2: The main thing is me healing and becoming healthy so I can best assist this team. My internal problems has nothing to do with the holistic part of this team. Uh, I'm preparing my best every single day.
3: Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL network.
4: I think that's the voice of Jameis Winston. That's Jameis, right?
0: Yeah, it's in our it's in our uh, our chat. Yeah, your your chat. I think oh, your chat. I don't, I don't have updating. it. It's J- Jameis Winston on his body and holistic approaches. He missed a second straight Got practice it. today. Those are that's notes from. Got seven. it. My inter,
4: my internet did cut out for about fifteen seconds while we were in the break there. So my apologies, guys, if that stuff all came in. I, I missed it there. All right. So that's Jameis Winston talking about the Saints and Vikings game this weekend. And maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. From jolly old London, England, nine thirty a.m. kickoff time. But the Vikings sitting as about a two and a half or a three point favorite in that game. Joining us right now on the line, making his triumphant return to you, better you bet, to break down the Vikings and the Saints and the rest of the games coming up in Week Four in the NFL is our good pal Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. You can. Find Find him on Twitter at Prisco CBS. Pete, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy week four.
0: After last week, you might not want me on. Oh my God, was I bad. Woo! Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, let's let's go through every game on the board for this week. Uh, let's start with tonight's game, actually, Pete. I don't know if I don't know if this is a great opportunity to get off the Schneid. Kind of a weird market because of the health of Tua in the game, but he's going to start. Bengals are a three and a half point favorite. Anything for you on Thursday night football before we look at Sunday's card.
2: I like the Bengals tonight. Uh, look, and the over, by the way. I, I can't see Miami's defense is 31st in pass yards, and and I think Joe Burrow's getting it cranked up. Uh, he'll be able to throw the football tonight. I think Miami will score a little bit too, so I like the over. But I think the Bengals will win the game. This is a bad spot for Miami. Whenever you get a team coming off a big emotional win at home, and then they got to go out on Thursday night, it's just not a good spot for them. So I I would lean to the Bengals and and probably over it tonight.
4: Pete, I, I've been dying to ask you your opinion on this Jacksonville-Philadelphia game. know you're dialed into both organizations, but especially Jacksonville, where the Jaguars are getting like a, a ton of market credit here. Jacksonville's less than a touchdown dog on the road at Philadelphia. Both Ken and I like Philly quite a bit in the game at anything below seven, currently sitting as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Did, do you think the Eagles are going to roll here? Can Doug and Jacksonville keep this game kind of close? How do you see it playing out with the Jaguars and the Eagles?
2: You know, it's weird because initially I, I, I'm with you. I like the Eagles initially. And, and part of me as I went back and dove in a little more, I, I didn't love it as much. And part of the reason is I think you're right in that their run game, you know, and this reminds me of last year when the Saints were number one in run defense and went to Philly and, and just got gashed in the run game. Well, the Jaguars are number one in run defense, but you don't prepare for this style of offense. So it's tough to handle and they're very aggressive on defense. They're young on defense, so you can get them going one way and come back the other way. And it might be some big plays that way. But you know, the other thing is is somebody up in Jacksonville told me that these guys actually might be young enough where they don't get fooled by all that stuff. They just go play. And these guys are believe if somebody told me they actually walked out on the field last week when they were there in San in in with the Chargers in LA and they thought they were going to win. They, I mean, it wasn't a matter of injuries because they, look, the injuries are one thing for the Chargers, but that might be 21-17. That was 38-10. They beat the daylights out of them. So I'm with you initially. I like the Eagles, but, you know, the more I look at it, I think they might be a field goal game, you know, touchdown late to cover the number. I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to blow them out. Here's another thing about the Eagles. You know they've done a lot of really good things in the first half, but boy, they haven't done anything in the second half. So does that tell you that people have figured them out in the second half, or they put it on cruise control? How's that work out? I think they only have 14 points in the second half. So um I was with you initially, but more I look at it, I think it might be you know a, a lower lower than the number. I think it might be four or five instead of this
0: the seven. Pete, you mentioned the uh, the young talent on Jacksonville. I think this is a, a good time to have a discussion about a, a market that Nick and I had a lot of fun with in the first hour of the show. Defensive rookie of the year, Aiden Hutchinson of the Lions, currently like a pretty big favorite in the market, about two to three to one, depending on where you where you look. Obviously had one very, very big game, but it was the week two, He we had three sacks. Hasn't really done a lot besides that, plus 250 at BetMGM. And two Jacksonville Jaguars kind of right behind him, basically, and curious your thoughts on, on them, or if you like somebody else in the market, Devin Lloyd, five to one, and Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick in the draft 11 to 1 at bet MGM so 5 to 1 on Lloyd 11 to 1 on Walker do you like either of those guys part of that kind of revamped Jacksonville defense or do you like somebody else
2: if if Lloyd had not missed almost all of training camp with a hamstring injury and then didn't play very well in week one I think he'd be the leader right now I mean, that kid's been all over the field. And in week one, when you watch the tape, he was a tick slow because he wasn't recognizing everything right away because he didn't play. And when you don't play, uh, you know, that shows up in the NFL. Well, second week, wow, what a difference. Third week, what an amazing difference. And I think he's going to get the stats. He already has two picks. He's got four passes defensed. I mean, the kid can run and is athletic and tough. And this is the kind of game where he will show up and can be the guy that can make the big impact plays that, you know, the whole country will see. So uh, I would take a little splash on, on Lloyd there. And, you know, you mentioned Walker Walker's not getting the sack numbers and everybody, you know, but he's playing really good football, but everybody looks at the sack numbers. When you look at Lloyd, he's going to end up with, he's going to end up getting some sacks because they're rushing them too, because they blitz a lot and he's going to get a, you know a couple more interceptions, a couple more tip balls and make a lot of tackles. So ultimately I think he might end up being the guy.
4: Pete, can the Chargers get it turned around here? Five-point favorites on the road at Houston this weekend.
2: I worry about that team a lot. And, and you know, any time you lose two of your three best players or two of your four best players, you want to throw Derwin James in there. But, you know, Slater and Bosa are two of the four best on that team, and they're not there at all important positions. You know, then now you've got to play Storm Norton over there on left. A. He was terrible at right tackle. And that means the left side's really bad because Matt Filer's been awful so far this year and you're protecting the blind side of a quarterback who has rib injury. And, and then you go to the pass rush. If, you know, Cleo Mack and Joe Bosa together is great, but now you got Cleo Mack and and you don't have anybody else on the other side. So they're going to roll the protection that way. So I'm worried about that team in, in, in a big way. And this could be a scary game for them. It, it sounds crazy, but you know, that Texas defense actually plays some pretty good football and, and, Oh, by the way, what the hell was Herbert doing in at the end of the game last week? What do do they do? What are these coaches doing? He's throwing passes in the final plays of the game down 38-10 with a bum rib. You can't be that naive and that dumb.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe the fact they have him start in the first place and like uh, allow him to take the injection. I know there was a lot of conversation about that as well. Obviously, a, a week three game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they obviously end up losing the game by margin, and now they're only a small road favorite against the worst team in the league, basically, in Houston. The the game of the week, and I, we haven't asked you about it yet, but Bills-Ravens is kind of stands above all the other ones just in terms of the hype coming into the game. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, the two favorites to win most valuable player, at least in the betting market so far this year. Bills by three, total 51. Strong opinion for you on this one?
2: Yeah, I, I'm the fish on this one because I think it's going way over that number. And I know it's high, but I can't see either defense. The, the Bills' defense is depleted, and the Ravens' defense can't stop anybody. I mean, they, they're, they struggle, and they don't rush the passer that well. So uh, I think that's going to be a problem for both teams. I think both quarterbacks are playing at a high level. And I know it might be a little wet there, but, you know, those guys can turn big, you know, make you miss and go, particularly Lamar Jackson, make you miss and slide on a tackle and go 60 yards. So uh, I think the offense is going to get it cranked up. And I I do think it, even that high number, I think it goes over that number.
3: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
1: knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
4: You better, you bet, with Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. Talking week four of the NFL with Pete Prisco from CBS Sports on Twitter at PriscoCBS. Uh, No one, like, we we use this term jokingly on the show to mock people that, like, use it and, like, don't actually do this. Pete actually is in the lab grinding the All-22. He's one of the smartest film guys out there in the media or otherwise breaking down the National Football League. So, Pete, curious what, like, your film study has shown you about this Cowboys-Commanders game coming up on Sunday in Dallas. Like, I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on how, how, is Cooper Rush that much worse than Dak Prescott? Like, what's the difference between those two, two quarterbacks? Can the Washington offensive line protect Carson Wentz from Micah Parsons and the Cowboys' pass rush? Dallas currently sitting as a three-point home favorite against Washington on Sunday.
2: Well, I give out uh, every week we when we do our picks, I give, make this thing every uh, Wednesday with Brady Quinn called the spinning top of the week. And usually I try and find one lineman or two linemen, or maybe an an entire group and make them the spinning tops of the week. Well, that Washington offensive line was dreadful last week. I picked out two. The center Schweitzer, he actually does the Schweitzer dance, which means he backs himself up into the quarterback every single time he snaps the football. And then the right tackle, Sam Cosme, was so bad. I felt that the, every time whoever lined up against them had to stick in a couple coins to go through the turnstile on the subway. It was
4: terrible. <laughs> an, and, an insult and, to Italian Sam Cosme. Either, not, not, not a good on Sam Cosme's beat.
2: No, I mean, it, it was terrible. And, and, and they weren't alone because Norwell had his problems as well. I mean, they're bad. That's a bad, bad way to go face that Cowboys defense. Because they can rush the passer, and they can bring a bunch of different people at you. So I worry about that. So I would lean to the Cowboys. And as far as Cooper Rush, please, he's a three-start star, three guy. And by that, I mean we've seen him before. You get one start, you get two start, you get three starts. And they can make it through that. You get the four, five, and six. Next thing you know, they become Cooper Rush again. So, no, there's, he's not a quarterback controversy, and he's not nearly as good as Dak Prescott for all those people out there trying to drive that stupid narrative.
0: Pete, obviously not all not all 0-3 teams are the same. And, and you know, some some are headed for the first overall pick in the draft. Every year it's sort of different. Like you can have an and three team that's pretty good. The Raiders are a very interesting case study this year. So 0 3, but in the betting, market, you would think 0 3, like nobody wants them anymore. They're playing Russell Wilson and the Broncos this week, who maybe aren't great, but like won a couple games, one on Sunday night football against the Niners, and yet the most interesting thing is happening. People still want to bet the Raiders, despite the fact they haven't won, despite the fact they haven't looked very good. Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against Denver on Sunday. Anything for you in this game?
2: Love the Raiders. It's a desperation game. And I see desperation teams all the time, and you saw it last week. Indianapolis was desperate last week. Had to have it. They didn't play well, but they found a way to win the game. I think Tennessee bouncing back after Buffalo, a little bit desperate, had to have it, found a way to win the game. I think the Raiders are in that same situation. If the Denver offense was any damn good, I might say, I oh, don't know, the Raiders don't, don't do it. But the Denver offense isn't any good. And, you know, for all the people out there criticizing Hackett, and I know Nick, you're one of them, but Russell Wilson deserves his share of the blame as well. I agree. He, he can't, I mean, you got to raise your game up. I mean, you got to, you got to be above that. And he hasn't been. So I like the Raiders in the desperate mode. I mean, if they go to 0-4, they're done. They're toast. If they go 1-3, that means they still have a shot. So I think, uh, I think the Raiders will win and cover that number just based on the fact that it looks like one of those games to me where they can do enough on offense. And I'm not enamored with the Denver offense as is nobody, I don't think. And I think that, that'll be the difference in the game. So I'll take the Raiders minus the points.
4: The, the only desperation there is going to be you being desperate for a winning pick after taking the Raiders in this game. You know what, that pick is going to be <laughs> big, a big, fat, giant loser. The Broncos are going to win the game outright against the Raiders. Pete, let's close with this because I know you got to run and do TV after we're done here. Any game that we have not yet discussed, a side or total, like a, like a player that you think is going to outperform expectation, something that you feel really strong about coming up a week number four that we have not yet discussed to close here in about 30 to 60 seconds.
2: Two quick ones. I'll give you a flyer. Tyler Boyd first touchdown score tonight. How about that? I like that one. And um, on the over in the Lions Seahawks game. Seattle stinks. They can't stop anybody. Lions can score. Geno Smith's playing good, and the Lions can't stop anybody. So take the over in that game as well.
4: I'm terrified to ask this question, but I, I think we'll get a good answer because Pete's not a, like a fly by the seat of his pants type of person here. Pete, why do you like Tyler Boyd first touchdown tonight?
2: Because I think they're going to concentrate so much on the outside to stop the other guys that he's going to have the opportunity in the middle of the field. And you got a, you got a rookie in there that's playing the nickel corner for, for the Dolphins. I think he's going to have the chance to get the first touchdown against them. And it could, by the way, oh, wow. the rookie's played well, but I think there's going to be an opportunity for him in the middle of the field.
4: Oh, I've got someone in the middle of the field to score a touchdown for Cincinnati tonight, but it's not Tyler Boyd. We'll give that out coming up in the Power Hour. My friend, sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. On Twitter, at CBS. Check out his work, CBSSports.com. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ. Enjoy the games this weekend. Try not to lose too much. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> He's basically like, piss off, man.
0: I'm done. Thanks, guys. I'm go- Yeah, I'm good. What's up with That's that, That's my man. Raiders pick disappearing right, right yeah but yeah you do that you do that is that loser thing from when you guys used to work together you do that a lot when yes it comes on.
4: pete used to do that when like he man i used to want to like
0: he used to really <laughs> make me mad
4: because we'd sit in the green room at CBS. It'd be me, Pete, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave three words Richard, to start with like Pete. Of-
0: Punch Pete Prisco. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: like I'd be like about to lose a bet, and he'd just be like, loser! Like <laughs> mocking me. Like it's like I'm about to lose the bet. Now to be fair, he was looking for a reaction and he almost always got one from
0: me. Oh yes. I believe you. Absolutely. Uh yeah, I thought he had good stuff there on uh we didn't do defensive rookie of the year a ton, obviously, in the we got cut off in the first hour. You really like you like Devin Lloyd? You made a case for him on the show yesterday. Pete's telling you Devin and Pete like very locked into this stuff. Devin Lloyd kind of like rough first week because he hadn't played at all. But once he's kind of gotten going here, like prime for takeoff here, basically. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the favorite next week. Based based on everything you guys are saying. And Hutchinson, like one game of productivity in three games. Like why can't Lloyd be the It's like, five to one right now? Why can't he be why can't he be two to one?
4: I agree. That's why I bet him.
0: Thought maybe he would bring up Jalen Petrie and then I'd feel really smart, but that's okay. Well, I mean, baldy brought up Jalen Petrie yesterday.
4: He loves Petrie. Yeah. yeah, who knew Yeah, we got we got Baldy. Pete all Pete has no hair. He's also baldy.
0: A <laughs> couple of baldies, you know. And I wear hats. Uh, We've all got our. Spe-
4: speaking today. of which, speaking of which, Lockman's coming up on the other side. All of Ken's <laughs> thoughts on the Friday slate in college football.